This is the United Methodist People podcast with Rev. Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 25, A Very Unusual Easter on Being Encouraged with Bishop Julius Trimble. So uh, this notion that the church only is the church when we're gathered is really a misnomer uh, because the church has always been on the move. Welcome to the United Methodist People Podcast with Rev. Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to accomplishing the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And now, here's Brad. It was a most unusual Easter that was experienced by most United Methodists in Indiana around the world. On April the 12th, 2020, as the coronavirus meant that most churches held worship services virtually or in some other form, and folks did not gather in their sanctuaries. That was the case as well for Bishop Julius Tremble, who comes to us today with an encouraging word about this most unusual Easter, which is still about proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, crucified, buried, and resurrected, and that Jesus Christ is alive and that the tomb is still empty. Bishop Tremble comes to us today here on the United Methodist People podcast, where we look to strengthen the connection through conversation and commentary. You can always go to our website, unitedmethodistpodcast.com, for back episodes of the podcast that you may find helpful. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash United Methodist Podcast. We would also remind you that Bishop Tremble is more than willing to take your questions. You can email me with your questions for the bishop at brad.miller at org. It was my privilege to, t- to speak with uh, Bishop Tremble uh, today uh, on the day after Easter, April 13th, and we unpacked some of the messages of the Easter message that about to not be afraid to come and see what God has done and to go and tell others about it. We talked about strategic planning in the church to make the church more effective and efficient. We talked about rebounding from the disruption of this crazy virus and looking to expand the message of the church. We talked about a number of things that you're going to be want to be connected up with and be encouraged right now by Bishop Julius Trimble. We are privileged to talk with Bishop Trimble here on the day after Easter. We're talking on April 13th, 2020, the day after Easter. And so, Bishop, good morning, and how was Easter for you? Happy Easter, Brad. Easter was uh, different. That's an understatement. I cannot recall any time in my life uh, having not been in church on Easter. That may have happened, but I don't recall that happening. And uh, it was unusual, uh, but it was also glorifying in the sense that the, the message is still the same. Jesus Christ is risen, risen indeed. And I heard that proclaimed on uh, four different occasions on Easter because I was able to connect online with uh, various uh, worship services. Three, who, three United Methodists and one African Methodist Episcopal worship service out of Cleveland, uh, with the um, former associate minister of mine. Wow. So you got to experience some various things. You're also, they were experiencing how some uh, 
churches are handling doing uh, live streaming worship and things of this nature. And so we're trying to understand how to do that type of thing itself. But you also had the opportunity to share an Easter message yourself over Easter, and it was televised uh, in some local uh, areas. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to preach on Easter, given these circumstances. Well, it's always, I count it a privilege uh, to preach anytime, Brad, especially on Easter. And uh, frequently, bishops don't often get invited to preach on Easter in the local congregation. Uh, But on occasion, there is an opportunity to share the message of the risen Christ. Uh, So that I always count it as a privilege. This is is an unusual moment in history. We know that because uh, the message I preached was pre-recorded. Uh, in a sanctuary that had three people in it. So uh, uh, not being physically together on Easter, the going in and out of church is, is, is uh, somewhat contributing to the dissonance and, the, and uh, probably the discomfort that we have because part of the Resurrection Sunday is often the gathering and the fellowship that is, that's associated with that, the emphasis on children and so forth. So it was a glorious Easter to proclaim the message of the risen Christ. And yet I recognize that many people, they experienced the Easter, even though they had an opportunity to see it on television or online, they, they probably experienced something, something was missing in that, in, in that experience. And so that's part of what we've got to try to navigate and figure out now. But the message, I want to just touch on your message for just a minute, because I think there are some points that, that I think, are helpful to us and not uh, from your Easter message itself. And you really emphasize a couple of things that I thought were important um, to not be afraid, to not be afraid. That's a big thing. That's a big point. And at this moment, in fact, I've heard from several people, including some of my relatives who live across the country that never would have been able to hear me preach uh, had I been preaching at a local church in Indiana. Uh, And their response was, thank you for the message especially the reminder that comes from Jesus and the angels at the tomb uh, and, the, and the, the whole of the gospel for us not to be afraid. Uh, I don't believe that, that this virus has caught God by surprise, nor any other crisis that we face. Uh, and God's message consistently is the same. And Jesus really uh, hones in on that. In fact, I think that is part of the blessing of, of Easter is for us not to be afraid. Life and death have been cared for by God. Yeah. Well, if we really truly, truly believe in the resurrection, then the matters of life and death itself are behind us. And now we move, move, and we move forward, and that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about today. But I also know a couple of things, things in your message I just wanted to touch on that I think are important to, to, uh, to carry through with the not be afraid part is you said about to come and see that this is for us to discover for ourselves, mm-hmm. the personal meaningfulness of this. Yeah. Uh, Paul writes in first Corinthians, uh, Dr. Brad, uh, that, uh, that if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is in vain. And so I think the cornerstone of the gospel in, in our gospel message is that, that the, that the risen Christ, God raised uh, Jesus from the dead and, and, and though we were not there on that first uh, uh, resurrection Sunday, if you will, because of the gospel and because of the, the, the lifeblood of the church, we're able still to come and see uh, that God is present with us, that, that God has been raised from there. And, and, and if, in fact, our, 
if God was, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, our preaching would be in vain and, and we would be found to be false witnesses uh, to the gospel uh, that we, that we claim to, that, that we proclaim without apology. So I think we can still come and see. And the, uh, maybe it may have been different, difficult yesterday on Easter for people to really see that message because they're not doing it in the sense of the same community of being with people to celebrate. But the message is still the same and it's still very powerful uh, for us to come and see. And that is, that is what it means for us to walk by faith, Brad. Yes, uh, yes. For us to walk by faith. Well, it's helpful to have that affirmation and confirmation. I was privileged to be, go to the Holy Land a couple of times, and I went to the Garden Tomb, and, and it's still empty, isn't it? The tomb it's still is still empty. It's still and empty. Every, I, whenever we come back, I call my mother. My wife can attest to this, and I because my mother has long wanted to go to the Holy Land and not been able to do that, and I tell her, I tell her, she always wants to know if we got back safely, and then I say I'm calling to give my report that the tomb is still empty. Yeah, and, and we say that with laughter, but it's really sure. a deep sense of faith as well. Well, it's that part of come and see to affirm and confirm this. And I think there is maybe some uh, even metaphorical understanding when in our churches were empty in terms of their physical buildings this Easter. Wow. And yet <laughs> Christ was still there, right? And Christ Absolutely. was still there. Christ of Christ was the church not not uh, isolated to that building, but also in the church uh, dispersed into the various homes and places that people, I know that in my online message, I had some people connected with me who wouldn't normally connect with our, our, with our, with our and church. And I'm, I'm hearing that story all across Indiana. I'm sure that's the same uh, case across the country and across the globe. There was a virtual choir, the United Methodist Choir, uh, that the, I don't know if you saw that discipleship ministries in United. I did. I did. Awesome. Awesome. It was, was just, it's just wonderful to see that. So there's a lot that can be done with technology, but I think we also need to acknowledge some people probably were not able to connect. Oh yes. Yes. Well, this is our challenge moving forward. And uh, it goes with the third point of your message. I just wanted to touch on that. You, you said in your Easter message to go and tell it's still our responsibility in spite of whatever obstacles are here to share Absolutely. the good news moving forward. So Absolutely. unpack well, it a little bit. If you think about the, uh, the John's gospel of the resurrection, now that wasn't the focus of my preaching on Easter, Matthew, but if you go to the, to, to the post-resurrection appearance, Jesus comes to the uh, disciples who are locked up in the house. They, uh, in one sense, you could say they, they were on a, a stay, stay at home. They were in a stay at home uh, and right. he comes and says, peace be still. So uh, this notion that the church only is the church when we're gathered is really a misnomer uh, because the church has always been on the move. And, and, and I think our, our message to go and make disciples, our mission as United Methodists and as Christians is to share the gospel that we have, been, that we have received. So the go and tell is the, it doesn't change based upon uh, the coronavirus, we still have to find ways to go and tell the story and to, and to preach sometimes it, without using words, uh, just sure. by our witness and by our compassion. Well, we can be the church gathered and, and the church scattered as well. And uh, things don't get spread until we scatter them out there. So let's, let's talk now, Bishop, about where we go from here. Uh, Easter it's something we can, uh, for all Christians, for all pastors, we all look forward to it. Yes, this was an incredibly 
different, odd, strange Easter. Uh, and yet it's still a high point for us. And now we have to sustain. We have to live as the Easter people moving forward. And this may be a bit of a challenge because this coronavirus thing has not been just a few week thing. Mm-hmm. It is an open-ended uh, type of thing. And we, we just don't know where we're going to go with this. And so let's, I just like to speak a little bit to where, where the church can move forward now as we look to sustain kind of a new way of life. And I'm talking about issues of worship, like we've talked about here a little bit, and also pastoral care, missions, mm-hmm. all ball of wax. Give us some of your thoughts about how to sustain this new way of church a little longer term here. I think we're really going to have to really enter into a period of a strategic prayer and strategic planning. Uh, the Indiana Conference already had established a Blue Ribbon Task Force at our last annual conference. So we were we are already in the process of looking at how we can be church differently, more efficiently and effectively going forward. Little did we know, uh, we didn't know at all, that this this early strategic planning work would be impacted by um, us being forced to stay at home for a period of time. I believe that the coronavirus isn't going to last forever, uh, but it would have disrupted disrupted our church life in such a way that we really are going to have to rebound from it, but also adapt uh, so that we go forward using more uh, digital uh, platforms, uh, calling on people like yourself, Dr. Brad uh, Miller, uh, who, who's been doing podcasts for a while, to, to, to expand our message and our witness, find ways in which we can do uh, increased online giving. We will be able to get back together. It's going to be a matter of weeks, uh, possibly months, but uh, certainly uh, a few more weeks at least. Uh, so what does that mean for us when we come back? So I think local congregations and certainly annual conferences, as we are, are going to have to engage in a period of sustained strategic planning and adaptation to the new reality for the church life. Uh, fresh expressions, uh, which are really uh, ministries that are not just tradi- traditional worshiping in the sanctuary ministries, I think is going to have to expand. Um, the fact that our economy has has been rocked uh, and unemployment is is at a record all-time high right now, impacts everything that we do in the church. We minister to people who work, minister to people who have families, minister to people who are unemployed, minister to people who are underemployed. And so what does it mean for us, um, a a, a nonprofit 501c3 charitable uh, Christian movement that's dependent upon uh, offering to continue to go forward. So I think there's got to be a rapid increase of churches being able to do online giving and, and, and online stewardship education. And there also has to be a way for us to kind of break down our, our silo mentality of ministry. We've talk, been talking about this for years, Brad, but I think we're going to be forced to, in the, in the immediate future, to find ways to collaborate uh, in ministry. Ministry that we do is, as well as uh, outreach, but also ministry is well, what we're doing relative to worshiping and our ability to do things uh, on digital platforms. 
Well, as you mentioned, I believe that uh, we are just going to have to be much more nimble and much more adaptable to new models of ministry, mm-hmm. collaboration, uh, churches working together, uh, leadership uh, teams, uh, various things. And we're going to have to implement, you know, we could talk about, talk about, talk about it, but some of this is going to have to be implemented because we're going to have uh, churches and clergy and situations that are going to hit a crisis here if they're not, if they're not already. So we have to have to do that. So let's talk a little bit about some decision-making that kind of needs to go into the process. You've, uh, and this might be helpful to, uh, to our listeners as well. And that uh, has to do with annual conference and about uh, uh, regarding when we meet, uh, for instance, you know, you have asked us not to meet as churches through the month of April. Mm-hmm. And so that leaves open-ended the month of May, for instance, and there's a lot of talk one way or another from health officials and so on about the wisdom of that. When can we expect some sort of decision or some sort of a leading from your office regarding that? Because here we are, we're, in this, we're midway through April now, and mm-hmm. so churches will need some direction on that. And then could you speak to that a little bit about the, the decision-making process regarding our churches from the annual conference perspective? So from the beginning, from the beginning of this coronavirus uh, pandemic and the way it has impacted Indiana, I've said this uh, on a number of occasions we want to make good decisions that we have control over after we prayed about it and deliberated, do it as quickly as possible because some decisions won't be made by us. By us, I mean the Bishop, the church leadership, local pastors. And we saw that happen. Sure enough, uh, not long after I said that, of course, others were saying that then governors began to institute stay at home orders. Um, And we try to, we try to listen to the, doctors and scientists and health professionals and our governor and follow their follow his lead. I think it's not wise for us to anticipate going back to worship at the end of April just because that's already been said. So my I anticipate in the next week uh, or so, the next seven to 10 days at the, la- the latest of announcing my recommendation or whether or not we received a request or mandate or another executive order from our governor whether this is to be extended into May, the, meaning the stay at home, no gathering of worship. Uh, we will be meeting this week, the annual conference sessions committee, at which point uh, I will make a decision relative to postponing our annual conference and when we will host that annual conference. For example, they, it, may, it may be that, that groups are able to meet in June, uh, but it may be requested that large groups not be meeting right away. So our annual conference is a, you know, is a, is a meeting of about 2000 people, close to 2000 people. So that's different than going back and meeting for your church council or leadership team meeting of of 10 meeting. So um, we will, that decision will be made this week about annual conference date. Um, We've already found out our general conference is postponed to 2021. And we'll soon, hopefully, we'll soon know the exact date for that. How about jurisdictional conference uh, that, uh, you know, with electing bishops and yeah. so on? Yeah, all of, the, all of these things are up in the air and, and will be postponed. And as soon as decisions are made, will be made, that information will be made available quickly. So probably this next week or these next two weeks, announcements will be made about um proposed worship times are coming back together as well as certainly annual conference 
people in the Indiana conference will hear hear from their bishop about. Well, I just think it's just one of those things where we just, you know, need some direction. And I think it, we need to be prepared for either, for any possibility, really. You know, it seems to me we have to be prepared for any possibility. And I'm, I've been taking some direction from, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Stockdale Paradox or not, but uh, basically where you, where you uh, deal with the brutal facts at hand and still move forward uh, mm-hmm. with, with faith. And I think that's where we have to be. But um, People want honesty. People want yeah. honesty. We absolutely need transparency. Yeah. We need transparency and clarity and leadership. And Bishop, mm-hmm. I thank you for that. I just want to say that right now. Mm-hmm. We don't always get that from all the leaders that we uh, deal with in the political realm or mm-hmm. other realms. But we need that. We crave that right now. Absolutely. From, and our people crave that from us clergy and uh, as well. So that's some some things there that are they're going on anything we need to know that you might have regarding some of the local church functions i'm thinking about the we've got a lot of information recently about the cares act the payroll uh, uh, protection uh processes anything new information on that that you may have uh, for us you know a lot of our churches are applying for that but we haven't heard anything yet i i don't have any new information i would say stay tuned to our conference website uh our director of administrative services, Ian Hall, is excellent. He's, he's really on top of these kinds of things and is in communication with other church treasurers across the country and the General Council on Finance and Administration. Uh, I'll be talking with our, our director of clergy care services, uh, Reverend Mike Warner, around how, we, how do we expand our outreach and adapt, adapt to caring for clergy and clergy families during this time. Uh, of course, we already were set up, some conferences don't have this benefit, but we already set up where we have a clergy care services and persons can call and, and anonymously get support, uh, pastoral care support and counseling uh, through connecting with uh, the Reverend, Reverend Michael Warner. So I'll be talking with him just to see, given this, this is a different environment, what do we need to be paying attention to? If, if anyone's been watching the news, we know that there's just some difficult things happening. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, we just lost a police officer here. Oh, in, my gosh. In just, that was in the neighborhood. Domestic disturbance. Yeah. yeah, that was right in the neighborhood of the church I serve, by the oh, way. Wow. Yeah. So it's in my neighborhood. So uh, very just yeah. tragic. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but God is still God in the midst of all this, right? Absolutely. God is, God is still God and Christ is risen. And, so, uh, so what, what, what words do you have just in our last few minutes together here, Bishop? What kind of words do you want to share? What's on your heart today? Maybe a scripture or a leading or an experience that you may have had, uh, or good or bad. But uh, just share with us what's on your heart now for just a minute or two. I think we need to still continue to look through the hills from whence cometh our help. Psalm 121, our help comes from the Lord. But we should not also look to the Lord who will grant help and grants his help. But remember that we are our brother's keeper, our sister's keeper. So this notion of a loving God and loving neighbor is not just something uh, to be taken as a biblical cliche. I think, I think this, is a, this is where the proof is in the pudding. Uh, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. This is a time for us really to uh, to, to demonstrate that in the ways in which we can. And, and I recognize that we can't do that uh, uh, in, in, in large gatherings uh, at this moment, but one, one-on-one 
uh, we can continue to demonstrate uh, the love of God in real, practical, real-time ways. And I pray people will do that and be encouraged as they are doing that. Yes, and that is certainly part of your role and what you do well is to be encouraged. And we are here to, to be encouraged by you, Bishop, and we want to encourage you as well and thank you for your service. And can you close our time together with prayer, my friend? I'd be glad to pray. And I'd, I would invite persons who hear this podcast to know that they can reach us and that, and that we'd love to hear from them. If you have questions that you'd like to be me to respond to in future pro- podcasts, be more than happy to hear from you. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of Easter. And now we are to live in this Easter tide, this Easter post-Easter period, O oh God, in which we proclaim the risen Christ. God, you made a promise and kept that promise, and you were promised to be with us through the end of time, until the end of time. Oh Lord, we know that there are people who are hurting uh, because they are unemployed. We know there are people who are hurting, O oh God, because they've lost loved ones. Uh, we pray, O oh God, for our police officer in Indian, Indianapolis, Brianna Leith, Brianne Leith, and for her family and for those who mourn her loss. We pray, O oh God, for those persons who, who have not been able to connect online and worship, for them to know, O oh God, that they are loved uh, beyond measure. Grant us, O oh God, the capacity to make kindness more contagious than the coronavirus. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Amen. We are an Easter people. And Bishop Trimble has given us some things to be encouraged about and to think about in the process as we move forward as Easter people in the period beyond Easter Sunday now until living everyday life and finding a way to make church work in the age of a pandemic. I hope you heard a couple of things that I would like to give to you as takeaway points for the bishop to take with you. And it's really two things, to collaborate and to make kindness as contagious as the coronavirus. Collaboration and kindness. That's two things I took away from me in our conversation with Bishop Trimble today that are going to be very, very, very important for the church moving forward. I hope that you heard that. We have other episodes featuring uh, Bishop Trimble and other guests here on the United Methodist People podcast. You can go to unitedmethodistpeoplepodcast.com to check out those uh, back episodes, as well as at Facebook, facebook.com slash unitedmethodist podcast. Bishop Trimble is also more than willing to take your questions via email, and we can respond to those here on the podcast. You can email those to me directly, brad.miller at org. It is my privilege to be here with you. My name is Brad Miller, pastor in the United Methodist Church for many years, and to come to you as we look to strengthen the connection and the United Methodist Church through conversation and commentary. And I'd like to leave you now with a quote from Charles Wesley, which I believe will be familiar to us as an anthem of Easter from his hymn, Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Hear these words. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Earth and heaven in chorus say, Hallelujah. Raise your joys and triumphs high. Hallelujah. Sing ye heavens and earth reply.
thanks so much for listening to the United Methodist People podcast with Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. You can continue the conversation and commentary about strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church to accomplish our mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Visit the United Methodist People podcast on the web at unitedmethodistpodcast.com and connect at facebook.com slash unitedmethodistpodcast. And always do all the good you can.